Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin here, our number, 877 The American Stasi has been working very, very close with old Twitter and undoubtedly Facebook and Google and Instagram and YouTube and every other public site. I now suspect that most media organizations have been working very closely with various government entities as they did during the Russia collusion fiasco and coup attempt. Washington Post, New York Times, and their ilk. And you can be sure the mindset at old Twitter is the current mindset in all these news operations. All of them. All of them. Why do you think they hire these former top senior FBI executives and Department of Justice executives and prosecutors, former federal prosecutors, because they've been working with them over decades to target their political opponents. And the media have political opponents. But the information released just a few hours ago by Matt Taibbi is... Stunning. Stunning. This, this will remind those of us who, who are familiar with history of the Stasi, of the KGB, of the secret police forces that have been used by every Marxist and fascist regime known to man. You draw your own conclusions. Here's Taibbi's thread. Part 6, Twitter and the FBI subsidiary. The Twitter files are revealing more every day about how the government collects, analyzes, and flags their social media content. 
Twitter's contact with the FBI was constant and pervasive, as if it were a subsidiary. Between January 2020 and November 2022, there were over 150 emails between the FBI and former Twitter trust and safety chief Yael Roth. Such are mundane like San Francisco agent Elvis Chan wishing Roth a happy new year along with a reminder to attend a quarterly call next week. Others are requests for information into Twitter users related to active investigations. But a surprisingly high number are requests by the FBI for Twitter to take action on election misinformation, even invoking joke tweets from low follower accounts. So let's stop here. The FBI is monitoring your social presence. Just as the Communist Chinese do with their citizens, the Federal Bureau of Investigation is doing with American citizens. Even low-level individuals. They must have a massive amount of resources, including personnel, aimed at tracking what you post. God only knows what they're tracking on me, Mr. Producer. I put it right out there and I say it every day, but they must have a file 10 inches thick. But I'm talking to you folks out there. Let's continue. The FBI Social Media Focus Task Force, known as FTIF, FTIF, created in the wake of the 2016 election, which they interfered with. The FBI interfered with the 2016 election and tried to take down Trump. They failed, but they tried. And then they tried to take down Trump after he was elected. Swelled to 80 agents and corresponded with Twitter to identify alleged foreign influence and election tampering of all kinds. Foreign intelligence and law enforcement reach into Twitter included the Department of Homeland Security, which partnered with the security contractors and think tanks to pressure Twitter to moderate content. It's no secret the government analyzes bulk data for all sorts of purposes, everything from tracking terrorist suspects to making economic forecasts. The Twitter files show something new. Agencies like the FBI and the DHS, Department of Homeland Security, regularly sending social media content to Twitter through multiple entry points pre-flagged for moderation. What stands out is the sheer quantity of reports from the government. The sheer quantity of reports from the government. Some are aggregated from public hotlines. An unanswered question, do agencies like the FBI and DHS do in-house flagging work themselves or farm it out? Quote, you have to prove to me that inside the effing government you can do any kind of massive data or AI search, unquote, says one former intelligence officer. Hello, Twitter contacts. The master canine quality of the FBI's relationship to Twitter comes through in this November 2022 email in which, quote, FBI San Francisco is notifying you, unquote, it wants action on four accounts. FBI writes, hello, Twitter contacts, is an email. FBI San Fran is notifying you of the blow accounts, which may potentially constitute violations of Twitter's terms of service, 
for any action or inaction deemed appropriate within Twitter policy. Twitter personnel in that case went on to look for reasons to suspend all four accounts, including from M.A., whose tweets are almost all jokes, including his civic misinformation of November 8th. His tweets are jokes. Just to show the FBI can be hyper-intrusive in both directions, they also asked Twitter to review a blue-leaning account for a different joke, except here it was even more obvious that the person was kidding. Of the six accounts mentioned in the previous two emails, all but two were suspended. In an internal email from November 5, 2022, the the FBI's National Election Command Post, did you know they had a National Election Command Post, which compiles and sends on complaints, sent the San Francisco field office a long list of accounts that, quote, may warrant additional action. Agent Chan passed the list onto his, quote, Twitter folks. Email, Twitter folks, please see below list of Twitter accounts which we believe are violating your terms of service by disseminating false information about the time, place, and manner of upcoming elections. And there's several. Many of the above accounts were satirical in nature. Nearly all, with the exceptions of Baldwin, which we'll get to in a second, were relatively low engagement, and some were suspended, most with a generic thanks Twitter letter. When told of FBI flagging, one replied, my thoughts initially include one, seems like prima facie 1A violation, two, holy cow, me, an account with the reach of an amoeba, three, what else are they looking at? In other words, why are they having us ban this guy? They say inside... Quote, I can't believe the FBI is policing jokes on Twitter. That's crazy. In a letter to former Deputy General Counsel and former top FBI lawyer Jim Baker, on September 16, 2022, remember this is this year, legal exec Stacia Cardill outlines results from her, quote, soon-to-be weekly, unquote, meeting with DHS, DOJ, FBI, and the Office of the Director of National Intel. You got that? Lawyers for old Twitter meeting with the Department of Justice, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, the Office of the Director of National Intelligence, and the Department of Homeland Security. And the media today are attacking Elon Musk for not believing in free speech. I'll get to that later because the media are, in fact, thugs. The Twitter exec writes she explicitly asked that this were impediments to sharing of classified information with industry. The answer, FBI was adamant no impediments to sharing exist. This passage underscores the unique one big happy family vibe between Twitter and the Federal Bureau of Investigation. With what other firm would the FBI blithely agree to, quote, no impediments to classified information? At the bottom of that letter, she lists a series of escalations apparently raised at the meeting, which were already handled, quote-unquote. About one, she writes, flagged a specific tweet on Illinois, use of modems to transmit election results and possible violation of the civic integrity policy, except they do use that tech in limited circumstances. Another internal letter from January 2021 shows Twitter exists 
processing an FBI list of possible violative content tweets. So here we have the FBI taking what are supposed to be the Twitter rules and using them. And then contacting Twitter and saying, uh, look at these people in this rule. Look at these people in this rule. That's the government. Nobody elected these people. We don't even know who they are, most of them. They are spying on you. They are spying on you. Here, too, most tweets contain the same, get out there and vote Wednesday, a trope that had low engagement. Now, we used to joke about that here, right, Mr. Producer? This is what the FBI spends its time on? This is what the MPI spends its time on. In this March 2021 email, an FBI liaison thanks a senior Twitter executive for a chance to speak to, quote, you and the team, then delivers a packet of products. It's great speaking with you and the team at Twitter last week. I wanted to flag a few products that were released today and earlier in the week that may be of assistance to Twitter. Let us know if you have any questions. So the executive circulates, quote, unquote, the products, which are really DHS bulletins, stressing the need for greater collaboration between law enforcement and, quote, private sector partners. Let me put it to you bluntly. The FBI has been a silent partner with old Twitter, with Facebook, I'm sure Google, I'm sure Instagram, I'm sure YouTube, and I'm sure the rest of the media. It has been a silent partner. Taibbi goes on, the ubiquity of the 2016 Russian interference story as stated pretext for building out the censorship machine can't be overstated. It's analogous to how 9-11 inspired the expansion of the security state. While the DHS in its products, quote-unquote, pans permissive social media for offering operational advantages to Russians, it also explains that the domestic violent extremist threat requires addressing information gaps. Now remember how the FBI was changing the domestic terrorist threat to make it look bigger for the quote-unquote right-wingers. Remember all that? Remember all that? And now they're there monitoring them? FBI in one case sent out so many possible violative content reports, Twitter personnel congratulated each other in Slack for the monumental undertaking of reviewing them. There are multiple points of entry into Twitter for government flag reports. This letter from Agent Chan in San Francisco to Roth references Teleporter, a platform through which Twitter could receive reports from the FBI. Reports also came from different agencies. He's got an employee that recommends bouncing content based on evidence from DHS. State governments also flag content. Twitter, for instance, received reports via a partner support portal, an outlet created by the Center for Internet Security a partner organization to the DHS. So it's taking feds, states, federal contractors. And here's another. Why was no action taken? Below Twitter execs receiving an alert from California officials by way of, quote, our partner support portal, unquote, debate whether to act on a Donald Trump tweet. Here a video was reported by the Election Integrity Project at Stanford, apparently in the strength of information 
from the Center for Internet Security. If that's confusing, it's because the Center for Internet Security is a DHS contractor, describes itself as partners with the Cyber Internet Security Agency at the DHS. It's one of a series of government-affiliated think tanks that mass review content, a list that also includes the Atlantic Councils, and they go on. The takeaway, what most people think of as the deep state is really a tangled collaboration of state agencies, private contractors, sometimes state-funded NGOs. The lines become so blurred it's meaningless. Twitter file researchers are moving into a variety of new areas now. Watch for more on this space soon. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, our friends at Hillsdale College wish you and yours a happy and blessed Christmas and a healthy and prosperous new year. Since Hillsdale's founding in 1844, it's taught its students by precept and example the teachings and practices of the Christian faith. The college continues the mission in its classrooms and nationwide through its educational outreach efforts. So this Christmas season, my friends at Hillsdale want to thank you, dear listener, for your kindness toward the college. They prepared a special video featuring their sacred music choir singing O Little Town of Bethlehem in their beautiful Christ Chapel at the heart of the campus. When you visit hillsdale.edu slash Christmas, that's hillsdale.edu slash Christmas, you can see and hear the choir and view many other free resources to help you celebrate the season. I promise it'll be uplifting and inspiring for you and your family. That's hillsdale.edu slash Christmas. There's absolutely no way Christopher Ray doesn't know about this. No way. When you have 80 FBI agents and other personnel and so much resources applied to this, there's no way he didn't know. There's no way. Matt Taibbi posted, instead of chasing child sex predators or terrorists, the FBI's agents, lots of them, analyzing and mass flagging social media posts, not as part of any criminal investigation, but as a permanent and in itself surveillance operation, people should not be okay with this. And yet they are, Matt. Many in your profession. You have rightly condemned many. And um, there is no free media. It's that simple. The media are corrupt. If there's a Republican in the White House, they seek to destroy him, and they will work with the FBI. They will work with the tech oligarchs. They will collude among themselves. If there's a Democrat, they'll do the same thing to destroy anybody who dares to question the Democrat. I'll be back. Folks, our friends at Hillsdale College wish you and yours a happy and blessed Christmas and a healthy and prosperous New Year. Since Hillsdale's founding in 1844, it's taught its students by precept and example the teachings and practices of the Christian faith. The college continues the mission in its classrooms and nationwide through its educational outreach efforts. So this Christmas season, my friends at Hillsdale want to thank you, dear listener, for your kindness toward the college. They prepared a special video featuring their sacred music choir singing O Little Town of Bethlehem in their beautiful Christ Chapel at the heart of the campus. 
When you visit hillsdale.edu slash Christmas, that's hillsdale.edu slash Christmas, you can see and hear the choir and view many other free resources to help you celebrate the season. I promise it'll be uplifting and inspiring for you and your family. That's hillsdale.edu slash Christmas. The Mark Levin Show, live and national at 877-381-3811. So Starbuck workers are on strike for three days, America, because they want to unionize. Not all of them, of course, some of them. Do they understand that essentially it comes down to them serving coffee, Mr. Producer? They're not steel workers. They're not cops. No offense. I'm not saying your job is, is not important. But a cup of coffee at Starbucks, and I don't go to Starbucks very much, is very expensive. Particularly during times like this. When you go to Dunkin' Donuts, or you can go to McDonald's, or you can go to this place or that place, Starbucks ain't cheap. So they're going to drive up the cost even more, I suspect. And so that's probably why it's being fought. I just showed you through Twitter, Elon Musk and company showed us actually, how the FBI and the other federal law enforcement entities have been working full time, all the time, monitoring you. Here's a piece from the Federalists, Margot Cleveland. Eight times our federal government ran a protect Biden racket. This is why you're disgusted. Number one, censoring the Hunter Biden laptop story. We know about that. Before the New York Post broke the story, October 14, 2022, about Biden's knowledge of the potential involvement in his son's business dealings, the Federal Bureau of Investigation warned Facebook that it should be on high alert. Quote, we thought there was a lot of Russian propaganda in 26 campaign, the FBI said, adding that we have it on notice that basically there's about to be the same kind of dump similar to that. So just be vigilant. They just lie. Based on that warning, Facebook's founder, Mark Zuckerberg, explained when the New York Post broke the Hunter Biden laptop story on October 14, 2020, Facebook treated the story as potentially misinformation, important misinformation, for five to seven days while the tech giant's team could determine whether it was false. They also warned Twitter in the lead-up to the 2020 general election that, quote, they expected hack and leak operations by state actors might occur in the period shortly before the 2020 presidential election, likely in October. But, of course, it wasn't part of a hack and leak operation. It wasn't part of Russian propaganda. It was part of the FBI's misinformation effort, if you want to know the truth. And the FBI knew that fact, because it had seized the laptop from the computer repairman, as she points out, nearly a year earlier, in December 2019. But it did this anyway. Number two, quietly seizing Hunter's laptop from the repair shop. While it was the FBI's lies that prompted the tech giants to censor the New York Post coverage of the FBI family pay-to-play scandal, the FBI's efforts to protect the Biden family from the damning material contained on the laptop may also have included the FBI's seizure of the laptop from the repair store owner, John Paul Mac Isaac. Had Mac Isaac not made a copy of the hard drive before the FBI seized Hunter's laptop on December 2019, the FBI could have kept the entire story quiet. One can't help but wonder 
if the Bureau's true motivation in seizing the laptop was to protect the Biden family. Number three, seizing and returning Hunter's second laptop. Another Biden cleanup mission may have taken place two months later when, in February 2020, the DEA, Drug Enforcement Administration, raided the office of Hunter Biden's former psychiatrist, Keith Ablo. In executing the search warrant, the DEA seized from Ablo's safe a second laptop that belonged to Hunter. Even though Hunter was under investigation at the time, the government returned the laptop to Hunter's lawyer. And at the time of the DEA search, no mention was made of Hunter Biden laptop. Instead, the limited public coverage of the raid consisted of reports that the DEA claimed the execution of the search warrant was part of an ongoing investigation. And references to Ablo's medical license being recovered in May of 2019 for alleged, quote, inappropriate sexual activity with patients and illegally giving prescriptions to employees. That the DA waited nine months before searching Ablo's office for evidence. And that the government never charged Ablo for any crimes seems rather suspect, especially given the raid only followed the FBI seizure of Hunter Biden's first laptop. So the feds grabbed the first and they grabbed the second. Number four, downplaying or ignoring intelligence threats to provide plausible deniability. The Delaware laptop contained hordes of compromising information on both Hunter Biden and his father, Joe. Beyond that scandalous material, the laptop also included other significant revelation that Hunter Biden believed the Russians had stolen another laptop that contained material ripe for blackmailing the Biden family. The Biden family, when asked whether he worried the Russian thieves would try to blackmail him, Hunter said, yeah, in some way, yeah, noting his father's running for president that I talk about it all the time. So it's difficult to overstate the national security risks that would exist if the Russians had possession of a laptop filled with not just personal information about Hunter, but communications implicating dad in a pay-to-play scandal. And the FBI, had it properly processed the laptop upon subpoenaing it from Mac Isaac, would have known of that risk and, at a minimum, provided Joe Biden a defensive briefing. But according to whistleblowers under the auspices of not interfering with the 2020 elections. Yeah, right. FBI leaders told employees, you will not look at the Hunter Biden laptop. And the whistleblowers further claimed the FBI did not begin to examine the contents of that laptop until after the 2020 presidential election. Think about that. Number five, running sham investigations and bearing information. The FBI did more than delay the investigation into these laptops. According to whistleblowers who claimed that agents opened a sham investigation in a Hunter Biden to brand reliable and verifiable derogatory evidence as disinformation. Holy mackerel. According to Senator Chuck Grassley, multiple FBI whistleblowers, including those in senior positions, raised the alarm about tampering by senior FBI and justice officials in politically sensitive investigations, including investigative activity involving derogatory information on Hunter Biden's financial and foreign business activities. Grassley alleged that the whistleblowers claimed Washington Field Office Assistant Special Agent in charge, Timothy Thebolt, and other FBI officials sought to falsely portray disinformation, evidence acquired from multiple sources that provided the FBI derogatory information related to Hunter Biden's financial and foreign business activities, even though some of that information had already been or could be verified. Now remember, at the same time the FBI is monitoring 
these social sites. Twitter, the evidence is there, black and white, for people like you. And remember, the oligarchs at these social sites are covering up all this information. And so uh, we have whistleblowers now um, who are who are claiming these things directly. Number six, stepping up when Hunter's gun goes missing. In October 2018, Hunter Biden purchased a gun, completing a firearms transaction record that shows him responding no to a question on the form that asked, are you an unlawful user of or addicted to marijuana or any depressant stimulant, narcotic drug, or any other controlled substance? Obviously, he was a drug addict. Notwithstanding Hunter's very public and long-standing addiction to drugs, no charges were ever filed against the president's son. According to Politico, on October 23, 2018, Hallie Biden, Hunter's sister-in-law turned lover, sick, removed Hunter's gun and threw it in a trash can behind a grocery store only to return later to find it gone. After the manager of the grocery store called police who launched an investigation, quote, a curious thing happened, as Politico put it. Secret service agents approached the owner of the store where Hunter bought the gun and asked to take the paperwork involving the sale. The gun store owner refused to supply the paperwork, suspecting that the Secret Service officers wanted to hide Hunter's ownership of the missing gun in case it were involved in a crime, according to political sources. The store owner later provided a copy of the paperwork to the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms and Explosives. Now, while the Secret Service claims it has no record of any involvement of its agents, this story suggests agents again work to protect the Biden family. Step seven, stepping in when Ashley Biden's diary shows up. While the investigation into Hunter's missing gun and the potentially fraudulent representation made on the firearm transaction record ended without charges, the Department of Justice brought federal charges against two individuals who attempted to sell a diary reportedly belonging to Ashley Biden. And not only did the government come down heavy on those individuals, but the FBI also raided the home SWAT team of the, in the office of Project Veritas founder James O'Keefe. According to O'Keefe, the diary was allegedly abandoned in a room that Ashley Biden had stayed at. And the two individuals who discovered the diary approached Project Veritas and other media outlets to sell the book. Project Veritas gave the diary to law enforcement to ensure it could be returned to its rightful over. We never published it, O'Keefe said. Now Ms. Biden's father's Department of Justice, specifically the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Southern District of New York, appears to be investigating the situation claiming the diary was stolen. We don't know if it was, but it begs the question, in what world is the alleged theft of a diary investigated by the president's FBI and his Department of Justice? A diary, O'Keefe asked. And number eight, keeping the ducks in a row and quiet. Attorney General Meritless Garland represents the final and biggest protector of the Biden family. With the investigation into Hunter Biden, continuing under the oversight of the Biden administration's Department of Justice. Similarly, the Department of Justice through the Western District of Pennsylvania's U.S. Attorney's Office is still overseeing the criminal investigation into the bankrupt healthcare business from which James Biden, Joe's brother, allegedly siphoned hundreds of thousands of dollars to finance repairs to his beach house. And I'm quoting, Notwithstanding the clear conflicts of interest, Garland has ignored calls by congressional leaders to appoint a special counsel to investigate the financial dealings of the Biden family. Instead, 
He appointed Jack Smith as a special counsel to investigate President Trump. Apparently the only thing as strong as the get-Trump attitude of the deep state is to protect the Biden stance of the federal government. <clears throat> Boy, that kind of wraps it up, doesn't it, Mr. Producer? It's really unbelievable. These corrupt bastards. And their corrupt bastard media. It's just disgusting. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, our friends at Hillsdale College wish you and yours a happy and blessed Christmas and a healthy and prosperous New Year. Since Hillsdale's founding in 1844, it's taught its students by precept and example the teachings and practices of the Christian faith. The college continues the mission in its classrooms and nationwide through its educational outreach efforts. So this Christmas season, my friends at Hillsdale want to thank you, dear listener, for your kindness toward the college. They prepared a special video featuring their sacred music choir singing O Little Town of Bethlehem in their beautiful Christ Chapel at the heart of the campus. When you visit hillsdale.edu slash Christmas, that's hillsdale.edu slash Christmas, you can see and hear the choir and view many other free resources to help you celebrate the season. I promise it'll be uplifting and inspiring for you and your family. That's hillsdale.edu slash Christmas. Hello, hello, hello. Fox News from Anders Hagstrom. Ready for another one? Let's see. CDC removed stats on defensive gun use over pressure from gun control activists. What? The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, which has a very tarnished reputation now, does it not? Reportedly removed statistics on defensive gun use in the U.S. following pressure from the gun control lobby. The stats source from a CDC commission study finding that instances of defensive gun use, in other words, self-protection, occur between 60,000 and 2.5 million times per year. References to that study were deleted from the site following private meetings with gun control advocates in 2021. Emails obtained and published by the Reload Show. That 2.5 million number needs to be killed, buried, dug up, killed again, and buried again, Mark Bryan, executive director of the Gun Violence Archive, wrote to the CDC in one of the emails. It is highly misleading. It is used out of context, and I honestly believe it has zero value, even as an outlier point in honest DGU discussions. And while that very small study, he says, by Gary Kleck, has been debunked repeatedly by everyone from all sides of this issue, even Kleck, it still remains canon by gun rights folks and their supporting politician is used as a blunt instrument against gun safety regulations every time there's a state or a federal level hearing. This is the pressure. Bryant was among several gun control advocates to meet virtually with CDC officials regarding the data. Little Dick Durbin of the state of Illinois, the land of Little Dick Durbin, reportedly facilitated the meeting through his office. 
In other words, he held it. The emails show the CDC officials initially resisted removing the reference. Dr. Deb Horry, the CDC's acting principal deputy director, argued that Bryant's GVA inspected only a very small subset of people who've used guns defensively, adding that it does not include individuals who might have used guns defensively but not reported the use to law enforcement. She explained that it goes on and on and on. The, The CDC acquiesced to the gun control demands and dropped the information and the statistics and the estimates from the report. Well, we are planning to update the fact sheet in early 2022 after the release of some new data. Beth Remails, Associate Director for Policy, Partnership, Strategic Communication at the CDC Division of Violence Prevention, wrote. Uh, so they're setting up gun control. That's what they're doing. I want to tell you something that is shocking even to me. And the consequences are going to be very severe. To those of you who like boating... To those of you who like fishing, there's going to be a backdoor effort now to regulate, if not destroy, both. Now, what in the world could I be talking about? Well, you're going to find out when we return. It's pretty frightening. I'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. So I wanted to tell you about this, uh, this rule they're trying to put in place. And let's see if I can find the damn thing. It looks like I may have... Oh, here it is. I believe this is it, No. Oh, yes. Get ready. And this just shows you the extent to which these people are crazy. Biden administration, Fox News, boating proposal would be greatest regulatory overreach of its kind, critics rewarn, uh, warn. Frank Hugelmeyer describes a proposal by the Biden administration to limit the speed of all motorboats over 35 feet from Florida to Massachusetts. Not only are they creating a serious safety issue, they're creating a massive negative economic impact. He's president of the National Maritime Manufacturers Association, and he's just one of a growing number of voices expressing outrage over the proposal, but put forward by the U.S. Commerce Department under the auspices of the National Oceanic Atmospheric Administration, NOAA. <clears throat> it's stupid, said Jeff Angers, the president of Center for Sports Fishing Policy. It's not what government is supposed to do. Listen to this. The far-reaching regulation would restrict speed to 10 knots or 11.5 miles per hour for all boats over 35 feet for up to seven months out of the year and up to 100 miles out at sea for most of the East Coast. 
And I'll tell you what's really going on here. Their purpose, they report, is to prevent boats from hitting an endangered right whale. In an email to Fox News, a NOAA spokesman pointed out that there are only 350 right whales left in the ocean. This rule is designed to reduce the risk of mortalities from vessel strikes and afford the species a greater opportunity to recover. The statement admitted, however, there have only been five deadly whale strikes by boats between 35 and 65 feet in length in more than 15 years. And boats over 65 feet are already subject to a speed restriction. It's ridiculous, added Angers. Said there's less than a one in a millionth chance of a fishing boat hitting a whale, according to NOAA's own numbers. Based on actual interactions between recreational boats and right whales, their proposed restrictions are unjustifiable. It's also dangerous, according to Eric Edmondson, president of the Boat Owners Association of the U.S., He said most boats can't get on a plane if they are going under 10 knots. A plane is the speed at which the bow of the boat lowers in order to cut through oncoming waves. The boats are designed to ride on top of the waves. This is going to make them wallow in the waves up and down, side to side, pitching. It's going to be hard to maintain control. You can take waves over the side. He said larger boats are especially at risk going through channels near the shore. They they can't maintain steerage, he added. If you're going that speed, you're going to run aground. So safety is a huge concern, said Captain Trey Thompson. The crew will be thrown around, tossed around, injured. He said at the stern of one of his pilot boats, speeding at 35 knots out of the port of Savannah, Georgia. If we run at slow speeds, any side swell is going to make the boats roll. Unbelievable. Now what's really going on here, Mr. Producer? Since there really is no danger to any whales what's really going on here ladies and gentlemen this is PETA and other groups who want to destroy boating in effect destroy boating PETA was the group my wife tells me she was deputy general counsel of the company that owned uh, the greatest circus on earth Barnum and Bailey for many years many decades And she said, this is the way it works. These groups like PETA, they say, oh, you can keep boating and you can keep fishing. There's no problem. But then they fight for. They fight for something that they know will critically destroy the industry. So they said, elephants, we understand you're taking good care of elephants and elephants at the circus are among the best treated with vets and all the rest. But we just don't want them to use leads anymore. Well, you can't control an elephant without a lead anymore. They can control a dog without a leash. So they destroyed that whole that whole industry. And the lives of many of these elephants were were ruined. And so here you have a situation. And all you boaters out there better pay attention. 35 feet is not a very long boat. That they are going to destroy boating by making it impossible to boat. By making it dangerous. By getting people nauseous all the time with the waves slapping up on the side. They are going to destroy boating. And by the way, they want the rule to go all the way from Massachusetts down to Florida. That's the vast majority of the East Coast So they're going to destroy fishing, too. These people are evil. These people are sleazy. 
This is what they do. And they don't pass laws. They don't bring these matters before Congress. There's no subcommittee, committee hearings for people to speak, to take evidence, to take information. Biden's just going to try and do it with the signature of his pen. That's not what executive orders are supposed to be about, America. Legislating from the Oval Office. We have all these people talking about the Constitution. Donald Trump says, let's suspend the Constitution, which he really didn't say. But okay, let's play along. These people really are suspending the Constitution. They're not saying we should. They are. And he does this over and over and over again. And what Biden basically does is say, catch me if you can. And he hopes he gets a friendly judge when they form shop and so forth. He's got Meritless Garland in his back pocket. He's got the phony prosecutors and litigators in his back pocket. They don't care about the rule of law. And let's be honest. Most of the people writing about this, the Washington Compost, the New York Slimes, most of the people who put their ugly mugs on television, they don't have boats, they don't go boating, they don't go fishing, that's it. They want salmon, they want uh, orange roughy, they want grouper, they want shrimp, they want lobster, they want all this stuff, but they have nothing to do with actually all the work that's involved. And what about the sportsmen out there? And what about people who have boats just because they enjoy having boats? Is that so terrible? So they're coming after everything. Everything. They're coming after our HVAC systems. They're coming after our boats. They're coming after our cars that use gasoline. Look at what's going on. They're coming after the minds of our kids in the classroom. Right in your face. Parents have no say. In five damn days, five damn days, when most of you are really getting ready for Christmas and so forth, as well as in the middle of Hanukkah, Title 42 evaporates thanks to one moronic federal judge in Washington, D.C. And he's always been a moron, quite frankly, since the day Clinton appointed him. And do you know there's upwards of 50 thousand foreigners along the southern border in various locations getting ready to storm over the over the border did you know that 50,000 and did you know that we get about 8,000 illegal aliens crossing our border every day and that's going to increase to fourteen or 15,000 every day, which amounts to 450,000 a month. Where are they going to go? How are they going to eat? What about our school systems? What about law enforcement? What about all the fentanyl? What about all the criminals? Is this not cause for alarm? The Biden administration has presented has not presented a single thing that intends to actually do that can help. We have a a man in the presidency who is violating the US Constitution with the support of the Attorney General of the United States. And despite the fact that his party puts out comments, we need a comprehensive immigration reform. Are you nuts? Are you nuts? 
You don't need comprehensive immigration reform to secure the border, to deport criminals, to fight to keep fentanyl off our streets. And if we didn't have such a crappy, low-down, sleazy media in this country, who can't stop covering Donald Trump, Donald Trump day in and day out attacking him, and would focus on issues that are, that are really harming the American people, maybe this stuff would stop. And by the way, this article I just read you from Fox on, on the boats, have you heard it anywhere else, Mr. Producer? Nowhere. It's like we're so dumbed down. Okay, well, you know, nothing I can do about it. Okay, whatever, you know. It's incredible to me. And they get away with this stuff. Because the media know if they don't report it, then most people don't know about it. It's the old tree in in the forest. If the tree falls and nobody hears it, did it fall? Well, yeah, it fell, but nobody knows it fell. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Tired of overpaying woke wireless companies? How about this? Get talk, text, and blazing fast data, just 30 bucks a month. Yes, on the same network, the same towers, with the same coverage as the other guys, but for half the price. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Hallelujah. Friends, this is great news. You can start saving today without having to sacrifice on coverage. How do I know? I'm a customer. Plus, listen to all the other benefits you get. A U.S.-based customer service team to make your switch even easier. You're supporting a veteran-owned business. And here's the best part. When you go to puretalk.com and enter promo code LEVINPODCAST, You'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's right. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, podcast, and you can be switched over in as little as 10 minutes. Switch to a company that shares your values. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code LEVIN, podcast, to save 50% off your first month. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. We'll be gone for a while, folks. Hope you have a great Hanukkah starting Sunday night, a wonderful Christmas as the year comes to an end. And as I say for our Democrat friends out there, particularly the leadership of the Democrat Party in Congress, I can see uh, Chuck Schumer walking around in women's underwear. Couldn't you, Mr. Producer? He strikes me as... That type. Open-minded, of course, is what I mean. I could see Gerald Nadler. Had to be really, really big size. Maybe maternity. But I could see that. Of course, in the media, the Democrats in the media. We could see Matt Drudge, I'm, I'm sure. Probably. Just a guess. I don't know. One never knows. Not that there's anything wrong with that, of course. Oh, there's so much more. And yet, here we are. Now, I want to read this to you folks. I want you putinoids in particular who have stuck with us, and I appreciate. I want you to listen to this. Because this is why I stand where I stand on this. 
This is Ukraine's global voice, and there are pictures, and it's not pretty. Chamber used by Russians to torture children found in Kherson. That's their, I believe, second biggest city. And uh, Ukrainian officials have discovered a room in Kherson that evidence shows was used by Russian invaders to detain and torture children. Sounds like the Islamo-Nazi regime in Tehran. Sounds like ISIS. Evidence that children have been tortured by Russian forces was found for the first time in Kherson. Human Rights Commissioner for Ukraine's parliament has announced. We saw the rock bottom in Kherson, he said. In one of the torture chambers, we discovered a separate cell where children were kept. I thought that the bottom could not be broken after Busha, Irpin, and you remember what happened there. But we really reached the bottom in Kherson. According to local testimony revealed by Lubinets, that's the citizens of that area, detained children were given minimal water, almost no food, while being subjected to psychological torture and abuse by Russian interrogators. The children from the recently liberated southern Ukraine city were allegedly held in the cell and told that their parents had abandoned them. Some also claimed they were forced to clean up blood from an adjacent torture room used for detained Ukrainian adults. The British newspaper The Daily Express reports that Russian forces in Kyrgyzstan had allegedly nicknamed the room the children's cell. Speaking at a hearing held by the U.S. Helsinki Commission on Wednesday, Dr. James S. Gordon, founder of the Center for Mind-Body Medicine, said an estimated 60% of Ukrainian children had been forced to flee their homes during Russia's ongoing brutal invasion. Every child in Ukraine and all Ukrainian children who have left are experiencing some level of distress. Meanwhile, the Commissioner for Children's Rights in the Ukrainian President's Office and co-founder of the Alliance for Ukraine Without Orphans told the Commission Russia has deported thousands of children during the war. And uh, according to Russia itself, Russia state media channels have reported the figure to be, let's see, 712,000? 712. I mean, what the hell is going on here? And yet we have some people in this country, TV, radio, who just act like this is uh, nothing. It's not here, so it doesn't matter. It's not here, so it's not a big deal. It's really quite troubling. Well, we've got a lot more, ladies and gentlemen. What is our final show for several days? And we look very much forward. I'll be right back. Tired of overpaying woke wireless companies? How about this? Get talk, text, and blazing fast data, just 30 bucks a month. Yes, on the same network, the same towers, with the same coverage as the other guys, but for half the price. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Hallelujah. Friends, this is great news. You can start saving today without having to sacrifice on coverage. How do I know? I'm a customer. Plus, listen to all the other benefits you get. A U.S.-based customer service team to make your switch even easier. You're supporting a veteran-owned business. And here's the best part. When you go to puretalk.com and enter promo code LEVINPODCAST, 
you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's right. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, podcast, and you can be switched over in as little as 10 minutes. Switch to a company that shares your values. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code LEVIN, podcast, to save 50% off your first month. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Mark doesn't suffer pools well. So, if you're a pool, don't call 877-381-3811. You know, ladies and gentlemen, Jimmy from Brooklyn, last night he called the program. The guy is unbelievable. And he mentions a Marxist by the name of Grimsky. Grimsky was an Italian Marxist. He was born in the 1800s, and he died in the 1900s. He was imprisoned by the fascists, and he died in prison. He was only in his 40s, I recall. Antonio Grimsky. Antonio Grimsky is the most important evil communist you've never heard of. Grimsky was born with some physical defects affecting his spine. He never reached five feet tall. He was hunched over. He had a significantly large head, as I recall. He was one of seven children, I think one of seven boys. And he spent a lot of his life reading. And one of his older brothers became a socialist. He would become a socialist. He would watch the Russian Revolution from afar. And he got, um, he got turned off by the socialists because he said they really never did anything. So he became a communist. And an activist. But he was also an intellectual. And I didn't have the room to write about it in American Marxism, as I said last night, but he's very important. He had a huge impact on Marcuse and the Frankfurt School in Berlin, or Frankfurt, which also. Uh, widened its reach into Berlin and so forth. But nonetheless, and I, I mean, there's a lot that he wrote about, but one of the things that he explained, as Jimmy was touching on last night, was you have to tailor the revolution to the society. Look at the United States. We don't have a proletariat that rises up to overthrow the government, that rises up to overthrow an in industry. We didn't have a French Revolution. We had an American Revolution. We didn't have a Russian Revolution. We had an American Revolution. And, and again, our, our revolution wasn't about overthrowing a society. It was about the kind of government we had. We wanted representative government. In France... It was about overthrowing the society. And Russia was about overthrowing the society. And by the way, it wasn't like most people rose up in Russia. 
about a third. About a third. So Grimsky says, in essence, we need communists to get involved in from the bottom up these various cultural institutions. And this is what is meant by, at least by Grimsky, neo-Marxism. So we need people with this ideology to get into the media, to get into entertainment, to get into the, and I'm just saying in the United States as an example, get into the Democrat Party, yes, to get into the Republican Party, to get into the court system, to get into the Department of Justice, to get into all these areas of governance, to get into the school system. And that's how we change the country. And that's exactly what's going on. That's exactly what's going on. And the so-called progressives of the late 1800s and the turn of the last century, that's exactly what they promoted too. That's exactly what they promoted too. And then once you get the levers of power and the levers of the culture and you can influence the mindset influence the psychology of a country and so forth and so on then you don't look back you got to take off with it so the books that the children use the assemblies that they go to the teachers that are hired the coursework that they're given and you cannot have parents interrupting you know, parents getting in the middle of this thing now. I mean, we're trying to indoctrinate and promote an ideology. And the worst place where this takes place, and Grimsky knew it, and Marcuse knew it, and the modern-day Marxists know it, like Bernie Sanders and so forth, is the college and university campus. The college and university campus, and they've done a great job, basically, of creating a one-ideology, one-party college campus. Those professors don't vote for Republicans. They're Democrats. And isn't it interesting that Democrats, they vote for Democrats, and they're Marxists. Now, that doesn't mean maybe they're Leninists or Trotskyites. I'm not talking about that. But they all come with, you know, share the same core ideology. So, uh, obviously, uh, the Italian fascists viewed Krimsky and the others as very, very dangerous. So they threw him in prison for like 11 or 14 years, the end of his life. I think he died. He was 46, give or take. And, um, and his writings go on. Now, I guarantee you that every member of the so-called... What is it called? The uh, Progressive Caucus in the House knows all about Grimsky. I guarantee you that at least half a dozen Democrats in the Senate know all about Grimsky. I guarantee you that every Democrat sitting on the Supreme Court know about Grimsky. Perhaps every <coughs> federal judge that they've appointed on the left knows about Grimsky. Even if you may not, 
So he said there's not going to be this huge convulsion in a lot of these countries like the United States. We need to take them over slowly and basically against your will. The media in America have been conquered, have they not? They've been conquered. And as Mises would say, in some cases, they don't even know it. If you were asked Chuck Todd today, are you a Marxist? What are you talking about? You're a right wing. He doesn't even know he is. But then there are those who do know that they are. They bring in these clowns from The Nation or Mother Jones magazine. They bring in that moronic professor from Vanderbilt. They'll bring in some crazy ass lawyers and so forth. They know. They know what they are and who they are. But go ahead and look it up. That's why this show is a little different. Look up Grimsky. Teach yourself a little bit about what's going on and who he is. And none of these guys invented these ideologies by themselves. They build on them. They build on them. That's what they do. Joe Biden is a moron. Joe Biden's never heard of Grimsky. And yet Joe Biden has been the greatest implementer of Grimsky's ideology in American history. In American history. And he doesn't even know it. That's why he's a dangerous man. Number one, he's doing it. Number two, he doesn't even know it. But there are people around him who do know it. There are people around him who do know it, with the climate change agenda, with the open borders agenda. Interesting thing. The spokes idiot for the idiot at the White House cannot tell you why the borders open. She'll lie and she'll say it's we have operational management and the moron running uh, the Department of Homeland Security will tell you it's secure. Look, these are these are pathological serial liars. They're sick. But they can't tell you why the border's open, so they lie. So why is the border open? Chuck Schumer gave it away, and we've always known this. The Democrats say, oh, this replacement theory is racist. But Chuck Schumer announced replacement theory two weeks ago. Not enough Americans being born, so we need to bring people in from other parts of the world. That's replacement theory. They push abortion and they push open borders. But where are all these people going to go? What about our health system? It can't handle this. It's overrun already. We now have waiting times like Canada and Britain. We never had waiting times before. You want to see a dermatologist? Okay. See you in six or eight weeks. You have a heart issue? Okay. See you in ten days. We never had to do that before. And you need a referral for a referral. For another referral. Because they're trying to slow you down. They can't handle all the traffic. The bigger the government gets, the more involved it gets, the more it subsidizes and the more it withholds, the more it decides these people deserve better treatment, those people are not going to get better. But I want you to think about this. With almost half a million people starting in five days, coming into this country every single month. Where are they going to get their health care? 
We don't have enough doctors. We don't have enough nurses. We don't have enough beds. We don't have enough medicine. Where are they going to get their baby formula? Where are they going to get their tampons? I'm not joking. Where are they going to get anything? Where are they going to live? Where are they going? And how do we know who they are? Who are they? Half a million a month? We don't have enough people to process, even if we wanted to, half a million people a month, give or take. It's not possible. And what are we going to do with our jails and our prisons? Most states won't even work with the federal government anymore in terms of Rule 287, Section 287. Our courts are going to be overwhelmed. Our cops are going to be overwhelmed. The board is overwhelmed. The Mexican cartels are controlling the southern part of the United States. Grimsky. The Department of Homeland Security has been taken over. Even more. The White House has been taken over. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Tired of overpaying woke wireless companies? How about this? Get talk, text, and blazing fast data, just 30 bucks a month. Yes, on the same network, the same towers, with the same coverage as the other guys, but for half the price. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Hallelujah. Friends, this is great news. You can start saving today without having to sacrifice on coverage. How do I know? I'm a customer. Plus, listen to all the other benefits you get. A U.S.-based customer service team to make your switch even easier. You're supporting a veteran-owned business. And here's the best part. When you go to puretalk.com and enter promo code LEVINPODCAST, You'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's right. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, podcast, and you can be switched over in as little as 10 minutes. Switch to a company that shares your values. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code LEVIN, podcast, to save 50% off your first month. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. how fast the show goes at least from my perspective on this side of the microphone mr producer do we have a regular or irregular american on the phone line sir oh our man don from lake run the great wabc don how are you my friend hey mark it's great to talk to you again how Likewise. you doing okay let me look yes i'm okay Oh, it's been a while, but uh, no, I know we're getting close to the end of the year, and I just want to thank you for another full year of uh, giving us all this information and uh, opinions that we really desperately need to hear, all the, the biggest stories of the, uh, of the year. And uh, I just want to thank you for, you know, your remarks on the border crisis and uh, the, the Biden economic rescue plan, which was anything but, and uh, the COVID-19, exactly. you know, all these great stories that... Uh, you've given us and uh, give us something to think about. And I want to thank you about that. Well, you're a sweetheart. I want to thank you, Don. You have a lovely family. And uh, Don and my father would correspond, unbeknownst to me. And Don is a really great craftsman. And he makes beautiful book stands, among other things. 
uh, out of out of trees, out of out of out of wood that comes from uh, very important places, and it's donated to you, right? Like a, a limb will fall from Mount Vernon or Madison's home or Mason's yeah. home, and you'll you'll get access to that, right? Yes, I will. I, I, my granddaughter wrote to these places uh, to George. Uh, to, uh, I have that Mount Vernon, and uh, yes, and uh, they were happy to send it to a ten-year-old, you know. And uh, she gave me the pieces. All she displayed them at school, and uh, and she gave them to me. And uh, I gave them to. Uh, I made book stands for you and Sean Hannity. I even made something for President Trump. And someday I hope to give it to him. But uh, beautiful, I beautiful, and, uh, and, and you're my friend. I, I got a roll. Don't get mad at me. The music means we're gonna have a heartbreak. Don, have a fantastic holiday, you and your family. See you in a moment. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in America with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, much, much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. My wife Julie and I decided it was time to add more flowering trees to our landscape, and Fast Growing Tree was a great resource for us. A large selection and no hassle ordering or shipping. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on selected plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEVIN at checkout. L-E-V-I-N. Now that's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using code LEVIN at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code L-E-V-I-N. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Please visit FastGrowingTrees.com for details. In this economy, we all need as much help as we can get. If you own a business, you're looking for ways to survive. Innovation refunds can help. Small business owners, please listen up. You could be eligible to receive a payroll tax rebate of up to $26,000 per employee. Now, this isn't a loan. There's no payback. It's a refund of your taxes. Go to GetRefunds.com. Their tax attorneys are highly trained in this little-known payroll tax refund program and have already returned $1 billion to businesses, and they can help you, too. Go to GetRefunds.com. They do all the work with no charge up front. They simply charge a percentage of the cash that they get for you. Go to GetRefunds.com. Click on Qualify Me and answer a few questions. It's that simple. Now, this payroll tax refund is only available for a very limited amount of time. So check it out right away. GetRefunds.com. That's GetRefunds.com. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here, our number. And you might want to write it down since we're taking some calls this Last hour of the year, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. 
It is near the end of the year, and I really do think you should have your input. I've got a pile of stuff here, and I'm thinking, it's so negative. No, I think we'll hold off on that for now. Let's just take some of you folks. Let's go to Caleb, Louisville, Kentucky, XM Satellite. Caleb, how are you, my friend? Hello, Mark. Hello. Hey, um, I just wanted to tell you, this is my first time calling in, and I've been listening to you for years and years, and uh, I I love your show. I really hope that you have a Merry Christmas and that uh, you have a safe Christmas. And um, I actually pulled over on the side of the road. I'm headed down to Florida on vacation. But uh, I just wanted to tell you that you you are amazing. You're very knowledgeable, very informative, and hilarious as well. I love love that uh, Christmas song, or that that makeover Christmas song you played. Well, thank you. My wife and my mother-in-law get very angry at me, so I know I, I, I play that at some risk, you know. But so what? I enjoy it. Caleb, I want to thank you. Be very, very uh, careful in your drive. What town are you headed toward? I'm I'm headed toward Fort Walton Beach, Florida. I know where it is. It's on the East Coast, sort of northern, correct? Yes. Yes. It's a very nice area. It's a, it's a suburb. It's really booming now. Are you thinking of moving there? Uh, I would love to eventually. Uh, mm-hmm. Would be a wonderful state to live in. You're not kidding. All right, Caleb, you be safe. Thank you, my friend. Let's go to Tyler, Grand Junction, Colorado, the great KNZZ. Tyler, go right ahead, sir. Yes, Mark, I just want to say God bless you for everything you do for us out there. Thank you very um, much. I told your call screener that um, I am a uh, fishing guide out in Colorado, Um so I'm really familiar with what's going on with all the uh, government um, tyranny from both the state and federal governments out here in the West regarding our boating access mm-hmm. to our lakes. Um, I can't even hardly get a permit to guide on any of the lakes. I mean, I have two permits, and by the grace of God, living, doing what I love, but... Um, they are systematically shutting down our lakes to boating access for all sorts of uh, dubious biological excuses, and they're putting up spike strips and uh, locked gates. So we can't even launch at um, at night or early in the morning uh, when the fishing is still good. So it hurts my bottom line as a guide because I depend on getting out there early in the morning and um Here, here's you know, what I, I look I look at this Tyler and more and more people are going to be affected their businesses their livelihoods their employment uh, their bottom line in terms of what it is they want to do with their lives I look at the circle of liberty around us that Alexis de Tocqueville used to talk about, and it's shrinking and shrinking and getting tighter and tighter. They keep telling us what we can do and telling us what we can't do. And they use, the, they use climate change and the environment as an excuse to destroy like what you're doing and to destroy so many things related to it, destroy entire industries. 
They have figured out if you can regulate air and regulate water and regulate land, you can regulate everything. Nobody's against common sense regulations, but we're well beyond that. You know, this isn't uh, 1912. This is uh, 2022. And what people are trying to do now is because they're extremists, they're radicals, are to push human behavior out of nature. Out of nature. What guns and bullets are after and uh, uh, taking boats. I mean, basically, if you'd make a boat, particularly in the ocean, on the if you make a boat, if you're forcing them to go as slow as you say, they become useless. You know this better than I do. They can't use them. Exactly. And they're not killing whales. It's a lie. Go no, ahead. I'm sorry. Not. Yep. No, um, you're right on the money. Um, it's all executive fiat by really what, like you've always said, the unconstitutional fourth branch of government, the administrative mm-hmm. state. And um, at the federal level, my great congresswoman, Lauren Boebert, has tried to help me get a permit for the Colorado River, which is one of the biggest rivers in the United States, even here. And um, I can't get a permit because they say it's too crowded. And that's a complete and utter lie. You can go out there and count four or five boats on a busy day going down the river. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I would probably be making six figures right now if I could guide on the river that I know and love. Mm -hmm. All right, Tyler. Very sorry, my friend. Take care of yourself. Let's continue. Let's go to Raj. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, the great WJAS. Raj, how are you? Uh, hi, Mark. I'm doing well. How about you? Very well. Thank you, sir. Yeah, so I wanted to talk about this latest dump from the Twitter files, and mm-hmm. it looks like the FBI has been directly involved in telling Twitter whom to ban. Isn't this a direct violation of the First Amendment? And Absolutely. What's the legal recourse here? Like, can the FBI people be prosecuted? or can? I will can tell I... you, your question is a good one. Who has standing? The people who have standing are the people who were harmed. So if I'm an individual and the FBI tells Twitter, and Twitter agrees, to take me off the uh, social sites, I have a case. I have standing. And if it affects me in a business sense, I have standing and I can get damages of sorts, too. So, yes, um, uh, people do have standing who have been banned uh, at the behest of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. No question about it, because it is a violation of the First Amendment, because effectively Twitter, the old Twitter, was an instrumentality of the state. And the reason the... The amendments exist, especially the Bill of Rights, they exist to protect you from the government. And if the government is banning people from speaking, it, forget about these social platforms. Pretend you're on the street and you want to say something. And the government whispers into somebody's ear or whatever. Maybe it's a private road. Let's make it all private. It's a private road and you're, uh, and you're, and you're speaking and they don't have a problem with it until the FBI says, you know, you might want to shut that guy down. And they say, all right, get off my property. Now, the 
the private property owner has a right to tell you to get off the property. The federal government does not have a constitutional right to do what it did. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, Raj. Okay. Thank you. And, and by then, the way, how are the Steelers doing? Oh, they're, I don't follow football much. You know, I'm an immigrant from India. I still yes. follow a lot of these sports from... I'm kidding. They're not doing well, unfortunately. <laughs> All right. Raj, God bless you, my friend. Take care. Let's continue, shall we? Anthony, Latrobe, Pennsylvania. Home of the great late Arnold Palmer. How are you? Uh, let's see. You're listening on WJAS. Go right ahead. brought up that story about the uh, environmentalist in the river and that Tyler was there. And I'm sure yeah. Tyler's probably aware of those radical environmental groups like ELF, the Environmental Liberation Front, the ones that go and put spikes in the trees oh, and yeah, arm lumberjacks, and, and ELF, the Animal Liberation Front that's out there. Um damaging farmers' properties. They go to mink farms, and they let the minks out, and the poor minks all get killed by the local predators. Those groups are are domestic terrorist groups. Mm -hmm. Never hear about them, though, do you? No, they don't get public. You've got to dig for the stories. because You don't hear about them? The, The Department of Justice doesn't release press releases on how many they're prosecuting. Apparently, they're all behaving. Well, let me uh, let me just one other thing here on the yeah. climate. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't launch our first weather satellite until like 1960. So you have to think, how accurate is any of the data prior to 1960? Well, let me take it one step further. There's so many industries, so many individuals, so many nonprofits, so many people who are relying on climate change ideology and for some people it's a religion no matter what the statistics show it won't matter any it will not matter because this is part of a big government marxist movement by nitwits and people who know what they're doing at the same time that is going to make this country poorer less prosperous, impoverished a lot of people. You're only seeing a glimmer of it right now. Look at what it's doing. And I fear for our children and the next generation with all this racial crap going on, with all this left-wing crap going on, I really, really fear for our kids and our grandkids. Anthony, thank you for your call, my friend. I shall return. Mark Lovin. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com tech. Let us continue. Bill, Charleston, South Carolina, the Mark Levin app. How are you, sir? Hey, I'm good, Mark. I, I appreciate the opportunity. Um, yes, sir. I, I got to say this. If, if I'd only had you as my constitutional law professor in school, I wouldn't have slept through the classes. <laughs> well, thank you very um, much. Appreciate I, it. The, 
my, my comment is uh, regarding the invasion at the border. I'd, I'd gladly support any candidate that could put together or outline a comprehensive deportation program mm-hmm. uh, to remove these folks. Um, I haven't You're not allowed to do that anymore, it. don't you know? No, You're not allowed to deport people anymore. Nope. Why not? Because <laughs> you're racist. Under no circumstances? Oh. <laughs> okay. Aside yeah. from that, is there a, a, a legal reason? Nope. Nope. Do we follow the law anymore? I mean, look at this place. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I mean, you have most of the media is not even covering what's going on on the southern border. They were yeah. all there at Martha's Vineyard, though, weren't they? Weren't they, Bill? Yeah. Yeah, but on the southern border, thousands and thousands and thousands. Of, the media don't care what's happening to these little kids. They don't go down there and, and look at these uh, cages, do they? They don't go down there and talk to the women who are being molested and raped, do they? And by the way, not just fo- full-grown women, little girls and little boys. They don't go down there to look for the drug cartels, do they? They don't go down there to see these guys carrying these packages of uh, fentanyl across the border, do they? No. They don't go to the communities to see what's happening, happening to their schools and law enforcement, all the litter that's taking place. No. No, we got to attack Trump. Don't you see? We're very, very busy here. All right, Bill, I'm disgusted. Thank you for your call, my friend. But I shouldn't be, should I? Holidays right around the corner. Let's go to Pete. Franklin, Connecticut, XM Satellite. Pete, how are you, sir? Hey, Mark, how you doing? Hey, All right. I'm just talk, Just, I'm just thinking about the uh, the regulations that they're talking about putting on the uh, the boat speed and everything. Think about these poor guys, these tuna fishermen that are out there who are heavily regulated as it is. The season is short, and it, it all goes by um, uh, total weight. So, I mean, as soon as they reach a certain quota, the season shuts down. Now, these gentlemen are out there busting their hump and mm-hmm. you know, steaming out to the fishing grounds. And if, No, no, no. This is only boats 35 to 65 feet long, which are some tuna fish, too, uh, tuna boats. Uh, but this, this is aimed not only at them, and it is aimed at them, but it's also aimed at the tourist uh, boating and also at the, uh, at the sportsman boating. In other words, it's aimed for the vast majority of boats that are sold in the United States. 35 to 65 feet long. That, that's the vast majority of boats sold in the United States. So they are trying to prevent people from using their boats, from buying boats, from using the ocean. And this is the backdoor way they're doing it. They've gone after the lobstermen in Maine and other parts of the country. And this is not going to stop. Uh, these people are out of control. They hate us. They hate capitalism. It's, it's, it's just, it's unbelievable. And then we have a political party that represents them. And then we have half the morons in the country who vote for them. I mean, these people shouldn't be getting 35% of the vote, should they? No, not at all. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. All right, it is unbelievable. My call. I appreciate it. All right, take care of yourself. Let us continue. Let's go to Tim, Dallas, Texas, the great WBAP. We're moving all over the country here. Tim, how are you? Hey, Mark, it's a great honor to speak to you, sir. Thank I just want to heard you commenting earlier about the uh, immigration, which is totally out of control. I'm in Texas, and I see it. I mean, I see it a lot. 
Mm-hmm. So I work at a very, very popular um, grocery store that was founded in 1905 in Texas. And we have supporting employees coming up to help us get this store up and running. They're from Harlingen. They're down along the border. Uh, they're um, Brownsville, McAllen, all down mm-hmm. there. And I ask them about it. And they say, you know what? It's a natural, normal, it's a normal day. We see uh, the Border Patrol chasing them. They're all just walking the streets like it's a big carnival, a big street fair. Uh, they have no place to go, no place to do anything. And so what do y'all do about it? It's like we stay away from them. You know, we don't know what they do, what they're up to, what they're trying to do, what they're trying to achieve. But they're just lingering. They're kind of like they're like um, squatting. They, they're not doing anything. And I said, so. What do you? He says we see the border patrol chasing cars all the time. We just move over like it's an ambulance coming down the street. Mm-hmm. And I tell you another thing, Mark. I think it's you that told me this because I listen to you religiously. Thank you. I think it is Trump that made the deal with the Mexican president during mm-hmm. uh, Trump's presidency that if you don't keep those people in Mexico and you get your army to hold those people back from coming across the United States, I'm going to get our military to come into your country because they're a threat to the United States government and they're a threat to our national security. And I think that was the deal that Trump made. And I'm almost certain that you're the one that brought that up and told oh. me. Then that's why I got to believe that was Hannity. But what do I know? That said, Tim, we didn't have this going on during the Trump presidency, did we? No, we sure did not. No. And you know, but, you know, we got to destroy Trump. But Joe Biden, man, he's he can run for re-election. The fact that he doesn't have two brain cells to rub together. You know, and, and apparently Dr. Jill's all in now. She likes being first lady. Oh, yeah. Oh, God help us. All right, Tim. Thank you, my friend. All right, folks. We'll continue to take your calls. By the way, you liberals, you can call in, too. Don't be scared. Don't be nervous. 877-381-3811. We usually have a full board here, so if you want to call in, we got one or two openings, because I just took two callers. We'll be right back. This is where Hollywood liberals come for rehab. The Mark Levin Show is back at 877-381-3811. Richie V is uh, Mr. Call Screener to many of you, but he also has his own radio show. He's darn good at it. And uh, he's part of the Cumulus Westwood One radio network. He's heard in many places. Many places. But he's been doing double time. He's been doing the call screening and his own show. And today, he's decided... Is his last day of call screening, even though he enjoys it. Richie V, are you there, please? Yes, sir, I am right here. Mr. Call Screener, how long have you been doing this with me? Sir, in a couple of months, it'll be five years. Five years? Yes, wow, sir. that goes fast, doesn't it? Time flies when you're having fun. Oh, yeah. Well, tell us about it. What, 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 what is involved in your job, and, and how have you handled it and so forth? The Mr. Call Screener job is like being a bouncer. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like you're, you're at the front door of a nightclub, and you can be the nicest guy in the world, but you got to check the IDs and bounce out the bad guys. And uh, sometimes you got to bounce out good guys, but that's just how it is. And I love all the Levinites. Even if you don't get on, I do love you. Do we have any strange ones? Oh, of course. I mean, every now and again, you get these crazy people that just uh, hate the great one or don't even know the great one or just want to go off topic or want to talk about just about anything they can or they want to curse or they want to get belligerent. Or well, they you, just, keep, you, know, they you, keep, you keep this from me. The ones that hate me, what do they hate? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, most of it is uh, Jew hatred, anti-Semitism. You know, We're still you, getting that? that? That's a constant thread that doesn't go away. Sometimes it's more than others, but, but it does exist, and it's there. Then you have others that just are belligerent. They're just like, oh, you tell Levin that he's bleep, 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 you know, and it's not an, you know, an intelligible argument. Yeah, we don't mind engaging, but right. uh, I didn't know I'm that Jew stuff one. was still out there. I really didn't. Yeah, I'm the first one to put on somebody that's dissenting because I'm always hoping to hear, get off the phone, you big dope, you know? I'm yeah, looking right. for that. We haven't had one of those callers. So tell us about your radio show. Sure. So the new show is called America at Night. I had the good fortune of filling in for uh, the great Jim Bohannon uh, over the summertime. And then he retired and they named me to be his successor in the time slot that was his. And prior to him, Larry King from 10 p.m. Eastern to 1 a.m. Heard on 300 stations from New York all the way to Alaska. And it is a pleasure. It's kind of like this town hall meeting, but we do it late night. So there's you know, just a whole new world out there after 10 o'clock at night. And uh, it's a real blessing. It's a privilege. It's an honor to be on with so many great affiliates and so many great listeners. Well, you're really fantastic. You're a very nice talk show host, um, which is a very good thing. It's a very good Amen. thing. <laughs> I think you're in the minority in people that say that, especially some of the people that don't get on this show, but I'll take it. No, no, you're great. I want everybody to know what a kind and decent person you are, how friendly you always are to my family. By the way, same with Mr. Producer. Mr. Producer, you've been with me. Open your microphone. How long now? It's like 20 uh, about years. About 20 years. And how old are you now? Oh, 43. You. You're 43. So you've been with me since you were 23. Yep, day one. And I remember, Mr. Producer, you going through your various dating situations. You remember all that? <laughs> I won't talk about it because I don't remember them that well. But uh, Mr. Producer grew up with us here. And uh, Mr. Call Screener is absolutely great that he's uh, moving on to what he wants to do. And uh, I'm very lucky. I have people around me who are loyal, who are competent, who are smart, and very, very just, just top of the heap of what they do. And uh, we don't have a lot of turnover here. Of course, we don't have a big entourage here either. It's you, Mr. Producer. It's Mr. Call Screener. From time to time, there's a substitute call screener. We have Stephen or a substitute on the producer's side. That's it. Sometimes Gunzelman. And, of course, we have our, our buddy Darren, who handles affiliate relations. Normally a show like this has, like, 12 people, right, Rich? You got, like, 12 people. I don't want 12 people. You know what 12 people is? A train wreck. That's what it is. But instead we have wonderful people who get along with each other and... Uh, and I want to wish you both a fabulous Christmas, a new year... And now and then, Richie, you come back, okay? Absolutely, sir. And if, if I could take a moment, I just want to thank you very publicly for your support, your tutelage, everything I've learned from you, and, of course, from uh, Rich Samantha, Mr. Producer. I mean, you guys have been instrumental in my success in this career, and I'm grateful. And we're grateful for you. Well, honestly, it was uh, Rich who found you, you know. Yeah. And uh, 
But I took a liking to you right away. You're just a great, great guy. All right. God bless you, my friend. And don't, again, don't forget to come back. I will. I think I'm coming back next week. Next week? Okay. <laughs> you, you are, as a matter of fact, aren't you? Yeah, you're right. All right. Take care, man. Yes, sir. You know, there's a lot of turnover in a lot of shows, not this one. Same goes with uh, Levin TV, the Blaze TV Network. Dave Paderouche, Josh Trump Tower. Our crew there is very small. I think we have six people, maybe. Sometimes seven. But they handle all the editing. They handle the, the cameras. They handle the audio. They handle the technology. It's bare bones. It's just because it seems to work out better that way. And people have more responsibility. They have broader responsibilities. They like it. And I pretty much stay out of the way. I mean, other than my part of the content of the show, Rich, I don't tell you what to do, do I? I don't even know exactly what the hell you do, to be honest. I just know it works. And that's all I care about. And from time to time, the equipment gets a little uh, rusty. And Rich steps into the uh, vanguard there, and he takes care of business. And he's he's just the best. And he... It's almost like you can read my mind now, isn't it, Rich? Isn't it weird? It's kind of weird. As sometimes you do. All right, let's take some more calls here. People always want to know about the uh, background of this show. Charles, Old Bridge, New Jersey. I know where that is. The great WABC. Charles, how are you? Yellow, yellow, yellow. Did Charles jump off the bridge? Let's keep moving. Claudio, Rockford, Illinois, the great WROK. Go. Hey, how is it going there, Mark? Mm-hmm. Sorry you caught all me right. in midwater. Just took a sip. It's I'm okay. doing great, thank you. Uh, all right, well, congratulations to uh, uh, Mr. Call Screener there, because, uh, yeah, yeah, he's a nice guy uh, on Parlor <laughs> too. Uh, yes, I wanted to I wanted to make a comment. Uh, you were talking about Antonio Gramsci, yes. and uh, I I grew up in Italy. And uh, um, when I was in school at the age of about ten or eleven, as we were learning our Italian history and all that stuff, uh, Gramsci was held as a as a hero. Okay, a hero, and uh, as a hero, exactly. He was uh, a great guy. Uh, mm-hmm. Matter of fact, there is squares that are named after him, train stations that are named after him, um, avenues, boulevards. But you don't see a Mussolini piazza or a Mussolini <laughs> uh, independent. So, but it, so that's that's so weird because I'm not understanding. I mean, the 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 Italians are so messed up because they fought fascism, socialism, Nazism, and all all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. But. Um, and uh, they, they have. And now, and now Italy has a crazy government. You know, it takes like three people to bring a whole, the whole parliament down. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, well, they're, they're really messed up, especially with the immigration going on, because everybody is landing, landing down in, the, in Sicily, and then they make their way, they trek their mm-hmm. way into Europe. And Maloney is saying, enough is enough. Yep. Italians, Italy for the Italians. But uh, it's just the, the immigration, the replacement, like you were saying earlier, it's, it's terrible. It's just killing everybody. Um, and uh, I came out here, I came to the States back in 82, and I went through the legal way. I became mm-hmm. a citizen after all my processes, and that's how you do it. You come to the greatest mm-hmm. country, which, again, is turning into something that I never, never anticipated or could ever expect. But every great... So you're telling me, uh, here, here, this leading communist, 
is is in many ways worshipped in Italy. Uh, Gramsci, well, yeah, it's unbelievable. Right, right. he is. Uh, yeah, there is. Uh, and again, as as a younger kid, when I was in school, I didn't really did too much studying and, and follow up on it because mm-hmm. I wanted just to get by with get school, in and, and I never out. did look into yep. it. But uh, but unfortunately, yes, there is uh, there is. Uh, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of communism um, that is still that is. And it's well, you've like, had a couple of communist governments, quite frankly. You've had socialist governments. Claudio, I got to run. I want to thank you. Have a fantastic Christmas and New Year's Eve. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I want to thank all the uh, broadcast companies that that run this program. I want to thank all the executives, all the general managers and program directors. I want to thank my fellow hosts. I want to thank my team here, Rick, Rick, Rich, Richie, Guns, Stephen, and of course, um, everybody else associated with our company. I want to thank... uh, Teresa Gage and Suzanne Grimes and the folks and Darian Melito and all of our sponsors. I want to thank each and every one of you. I want to thank our friends at Fox for running our Sunday show. Suzanne Scott, our great producer, Tara. We have Mead. We have Megan, executive producers. And my team there as well, uh, David Paterouche, who is absolutely fantastic, and our whole team there. And Blaze TV. Harry Katz, who's the founder, I want to salute him, and Tyler, who's the CEO, and his entire team. And most of all, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you, the most fantastic audience in the world. None of this is possible without you. And you show up here, you show up at the TV show, you show up at Blaze, you read the books, you're the most knowledgeable, the smartest people who walk this planet. And I cannot thank you enough. And this Sunday, we will have our final show before Christmas, 8 p.m. Eastern on Fox, with Molly Hemingway and Victor Davis Hanson. And I hope you'll check it out. And if you can't watch it live, you can always DVR the program. You know what uh, Lou Gehrig once said, that he's the luckiest man on the face of the earth. Remember that, Mr. Producer? I'm the luckiest man on the face of the earth, at least now. Thanks to you, folks. And so now every Friday, we give honor to you and give honor to our country.
Folks, have a fantastic Hanukkah, fantastic Christmas. Just remember God, family, country. That'll keep you on the straight and narrow and keep your mind together. And thank you for being the greatest audience. I really mean that. The week is officially over. The week officially begins now. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, our truckers, and all the men and women who seek freedom. Good night, Spritey and Griffey. Good night, Pepsi and Zelva. Good night, Smokey and Gigi. Good night, Indy. Good night, Patton. Good night, Rory. Good night, Barney. And good night, Marty. Good night, Dad. Good night, Mom. Good night, Leo. Good night, Joe. And America. I can't wait to talk to you in a few weeks. Chin up. Chin up, and God bless you all. See you in a few weeks.